You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurers. Since we're waiting to do things in Hawklaw, we'll do some adventures in Hawklaw. We're seeing the crumbling tower, and that's a little bit, a little bit of development each day for a while. I forgot how long, maybe a week, maybe longer. Adventures for this location. Okay. Well, I'll start with deep in the forest. Following the faint cries, you rush northward through the trees, taking care not to stumble over the exposed roots, dragged rocks and thick undergrowth, all of which seems intent on thwarting your every step. Let us begin. Deep in the forest, several miles north and east of Hawklaw, for two days you've tracked the missing hunter through the unwielding thick of the forest, following an ever-dwindling trail of evidence that's the star made you believe that Newick Blowyard is yet alive, for he's been gone for nearly four days. Nothing you've discovered of your wilderness search seems to indicate the man from Hawklaw has met, met any sort of untimely demise. Only a few hours ago, having risen just before daybreak and resumed your northward trek, you come upon recent evidence of of a small campfire. The ashes were cold, and the sight of the charred circle cut served to boister your hope that you were at last closing in on the missing villager. The thought of returning to Hawklaw with Nuruk and reuniting him with his distraught wife and children is enough to allow you to ignore your growing fatigue and press on and press on through the wilderness. As afternoon on the second day of your search begins to wane, draping the woodlands in the long shadows that precede the onset of another lonely dusk, you happen upon a grim scene that befills you with a profound sense of despair for the fate of the wayward, hunts wayward huntsman. The edge of the broad grove of gnarled oaks, you discover a wide swath of leaf covered woodland floor spattered with blood, a torn piece of heavy blood-soaked cloth, perhaps part of a tunic, lies further along. Fearing the worst, you begin to turn in a circle, your keen eyes scouring the surrounding forest for a body. As you pivot to the east, your eyes widen at the sight of the creature silently stalking out of the dense wall of brush 
the base of the moss-covered slope. What is it? We shall see. A massive Fedorin brown bear, which has a law book link. Let's read that now. Fedorin brown bear. These large omnivores get their name from the region of Tysa they are common to. Though they can be found throughout the North Broadlands, they are most often located in and around the Fedorin mountains of Western Tysa. These bears are extremely powerful creatures and have been known to attack humans without provocation. Well, there was provocation, it's just uh, it's just that we don't understand what the provocation was. It's probably the provocation of being delicious, <laughs> which by bear standards is provocation enough. <laughs> they rely mostly on their sense of smell to locate prey. Even if not... If you have not been spotted, the best defence is to uh, remain still until the bear passes. Now, I'm not going to... I don't know how that would work for actual bears, so... Uh, just don't be in locations where bears are? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's probably what I'd recommend. Of course, of course, that's easier for... A lot easier for some people than others. Like, like in Britain, of course, it's... Very easy to stay away from deadly animals because we killed them all. No, except for, except for bully exiles, we we brought those in. But they're only deadly in extraordinary circumstances. It's a massive Fedorin brown bear. Its head lowered and its steely gaze frozen on you, moves slowly and gracefully through the thick foliage and begins to circle you. The ferocity and savage might of these bears is legendary, and despite your refusal to abandon all hope of finding Urok alive, your imagination is now filled with grim images of the hunter's likely demise. As the bear continues to circle you at a distance, and now and again, huffing loudly, you realise you must act immediately if you survive the encounter. Alright, I have four options. I can use archery or elementalism. They both have to be 30+, plus, which I well have. I could move forward and engage the bear, or remain where I am. You know what? As always, as often when I get a choice, I'm just going to use random.org to choose for me. Now, if they actually got money from this, <laughs> if they actually got money from people using their website, I could, I could practically get a sponsorship. But, uh, I don't need it. They are the they are the finest source of random numbers on the web, on the internet. Well, probably. I've not really looked elsewhere. Alright, four. Apparently, I'm just going to remain where I am. Apparently, I am going to... I am going to follow the advice I got in the law book entry. Remain where I am. Your heart pounds as you draw yourself into a defensive stance and pit fix your gaze on the circling bear. Suddenly, the massive bear charges, its grim snarls echoing through the forest as it swiftly closes in. Alright, I'm fighting a brown bear. A Fedorin brown bear! And apparently, staying still didn't much help. What with the whole it can smell me thing, or maybe it had already spotted me, so that vice didn't really apply then. Anyway, begin combat with the brown bear. 
there is no option to subdue it, because it is not a teddy bear, it is a grizzly bear, even though it is brown and therefore not grizzly. But it is also, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know, there's different bears, different names. Anyway, it, it's too angry for me to subdue it. The bear bellows as it savagely attacks. Now that's, that actually doesn't, hmm, bellowing. Thing is, the bear's bellowing. It's not really planning on killing you because it's wasting energy bellowing and giving you time to run. If it were to kill you, it would just go, and you're dead. But if it wanted to scare you away, it would bellow. But it's, yeah. Anyhow, I guess it's just, just more scary if he does it like that. Maybe it's a very silly bear. Maybe it just likes bellowing. It bellows as it savagely attacks, and I stab it. Got a stab on the left side, stab on the right side, stab in the middle, stab at the back, and stab at the top. It is slain. There's blood coming all out of it. 5xp. You step back from the bear's bloodied carcass and quickly survey the surrounding forest. With no sign of anything else lurking nearby, you relax your stance and spend just a few moments recovering from the fight and checking over your gear. You're about to resume your search for Newark when a series of faint, frantic cries wings out from somewhere to the north. Overcome by a sudden resurgence of hope, you hurry off in the direction of the unsettling shouts praying you've last located the missing hunter. And even if it's not the missing hunter, this is someone who needs help, and they're going to get it, because I can. Following the faint cries, you rush northward through the trees, taking care not to stumble over the exposed root, jagged rocks and thick undergrowth, all of which seem intent on thwarting your every step. After only a few minutes, you reach the base of a steep, rocky hill, on the western side of the wise, you discover the broad, dark, moss-covered cave mouth. A thin trail of blood leaves into the cave's gaping maw. Well, at least it's a thin trail of blood, so... So he's probably not going to pass out from blood loss soon. But if I leave him too long, that blood could lure other Hungry, hungry predators in, so better better hurry after him before something else follows the trail of blood. You repeatedly call out to Narok, and it's heartened when you receive no reply. Daylight is fading fast. With no further cries to guide you, you realise your only viable option is to enter and search the cave. With your trusted light in hand, and your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you cautiously make your way into the damp, musty gloom. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave. A broad, sloping tunnel descends northwards into a damp, eerie gloom that fills this remote forest lair. Okay, I'm sort of in the middle of the west side. I can go north a bit, and then go east a bit. Then I can go south, and now, it's, now, now I'm on the T-junction. I'm on the west side of it. I can go south or east or I just came from the north. Right, I'm going to explore the south side. Suddenly a grim snarl shatters the eerie stillness of the cave tunnel. 
You instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as your keen eyes scour the gloom ahead. With your heart pounding, you watch as a large shape begins to emerge from the shadows. I'm thinking, bear! A massive brown bear steps out. Out of darkness ahead, it's another fuddering brown bear. I'm guessing since you've lived in... Since Sir Crokington has lived in Tysa for all his life... Well, wait, all her life. Not, not, can't, not gonna misgender someone, am I? Now that'd be rude. All her life, she she knows what the different bears look like, especially since she's had to fight them all a lot. It's Hedler, massive brown bear, steps slowly out of the darkness ahead. Its head lowers, and its menacing, unfinching gaze frozen on you. The deep rumble of the creature's lavy breathing echoes along the passage. Suddenly, the bear rears up on its hind legs, the top of its broad, angular head brushing the roof of the tunnel. Then, the savage roar. The mighty forest beast drops on all fours and charges. Yet again, the, the roaring before you attacking. Yes, hmm. This isn't this isn't how bears should react. If it was hunting me, it would just go Pip! swipe. And if it was trying to, you know, avoid me, which is probably a very sensible thing for it to do, because you know, I have lots of weapons. And and I, and I probably probably still have the I probably still have the blood from the previous bear on me. Yes, yes, this is this bear this bear is not acting naturally. I suspect there's some sort of mystical stuff going on that's in great that's angrying up the bears. Or something like that. Then with a the savage roar, the mighty forest beast drops to all fours and charges. A massive brown bear. The bear bellows as it savagely attacks. Yep. Not acting naturally at all. It is slain. 5xp. You step back from the carcass of the slain bear, and immediately aware of something large lurking in your gloom to your white. You swiftly pivot to face whatever is concealed in the gloom, only to find a massive, splayed force streaking towards your head. Yeah, now that's... Now that's fighting more like... That's thinking like a carnivore. Don't... Don't announce your presence just because it looks badass. Just get with the bear claws. You have the right. After all, it's in the constitution. You have the right to bear arms as a bear and use them to swipe and use them to maul whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> or something like that. Picking a number. A bonus of 40. 20 for agility, 10 for body, 10 for luck. That's as good as that could possibly go. I've got to get 60 or more. Or I will be split in two. Pick now. 134, success. You twist your left, narrowly dodging a streaking paw. The momentum of your timely manoeuvre sends you careening wildly into the tunnel wall. Spoing! Swiftly regaining your balance, you spin around and find yourself confronted by another massive brown bear. The fearsome creature, even larger than the one you just killed, bellows loudly as it slumbles forward and attacks. 
It's a massive brown bear. Let us begin combat. I get a sudden surge of energy overtakes you, and I load an impossibly swift blow upon it. I stab, and the bear bellows as it savagely attacks and is slain. Once again, it was a free plus. Because as mighty as it is, it's, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's still, you know, a regular, a regular mortal, non-magical, non-dynamic, not not in any way enhanced. Just a you know it's a it's just a regular bear. Normal person wouldn't would would be in a serious person, but I'm a master adventurer. I have dealt with demons from the deepest depths of the Nevelus, hordes of Otuak, legions of bandits, entire tribes of goblins, all sorts. So just regular bears, not not that big a deal anymore. Rivixby, me, with a loud grunt. The great bear topples over onto its side, its thick limbs thrashing wildly. After only a few seconds, however, the throes of death abruptly cease, leaving you to stare at its silent, bloodied, unmoving remains. A sinister snort from behind startles you. Instinctively, you turn, turn and adopt a combat-ready stance, only to find yourself staring down at another stalking brown bear. A union brown bear. The largest yet. Convenient of the bears to arrange themselves in order of size. And there's a little typo here. Instead of... Instead of adopt, it's ad pot. But, you know, when, you, when you're writing millions of words, typos happen. Especially when, you know, you don't really have have you know you don't have a editor team to catch these sort of things and honestly most and lots of the people who read it didn't see it either so because otherwise they'd have probably told them about it the massive bear stretches wide its deadly jaws and unleashes a series of savage roars as it charges. It's a massive brown bear. The massive bear roars as it savagely attacks. That's what bears do, apparently. You know, when they've been made crazy. You've slain your foe. Another 5 XP. As the third bear slumps lifelessly to the floor of the cave, you lean back against the wall and exhale sharply. A grim stillness now hangs heavy in the silent dark of the cave tunnel. You cast your wary gaze along both lengths of the uneven passage, but nothing stirs in the gloom. After taking a few moments to check over your gear, you cautiously prepare to continue your exploration. Alright, let's continue down this passage. Oh, another suddenly. You reach... You reach the end of the twisting tunnel and discover a jagged, vertical crevice between two imposing shoulders of rock, into which leads a thin, fresh trail of blood. Well, huh, this is where I was supposed to go. You're about to step forward and investigate. When a man, clad in a tattered leather tunic, slowly begins to squeeze out of the narrow opening. I mean, I guess it's good for him that these bears were so enormous. 
Because if they'd been slightly smaller bears, they'd have been able to squeeze him after him. Your heart leaps when you suddenly realise you've at last found Noak, the hunter, battered and bloodied, is alive, but he's been severely wounded and is both weak and unsteady on his feet. You came just in time, he says. He croaks, managing a faint smile as you rush forward to prevent him toppling over. Never saw anything like those bears. Now, can I heal him with the power of restoration? Oh, uh, no, no, apparently it's not occurred to me to heal anyone but myself. After, you, after doing what you can to immediately tend to Newark's more serious wounds, you throw his arm across the back of your neck. Well, okay, I guess I just get bigger and he sits on me. And begin leading him out of the cave, as you carefully navigate the treacherous tunnels, praying all the while that you won't run into any more bears. The grateful hunter begins to relate to you a harrowing account of the last couple of days. You learn that he was hunting less than a mile from here, when he encountered a particularly aggressive brown bear. Unable to ward off or evade the beast, he fled. A chase ensued during which the bear managed more, more than once to wake him with his deadly claws. I was bleeding badly by the time I stumbled into this cave, he says. It's two of you near the entrance. I didn't realise there were more bears in here, of course. Never saw anything like it. These were about the meanest bears I've ever come across. Something very unnatural about it all. I don't really need to describe them to you, though. You've seen it all firsthand. Newark tells you he narrowly escaped death by rushing deeper into the cave and taking refuge in a crevice. Crevice in which you discovered him. He said he periodically called out for help, as loud and for as long as his lungs would allow. But, but, he began to abandon all help as he felt himself growing weaker. Then, along came you! He says, step out into the dim light of late afternoon. Thankful, thankful to once again immerse yourself in the in the cool, fresh air of the forest. Hawklaw's hero, or so I've always thought you to be. Oh, you one friend. Thank you. This is just after nightfall when you return to Hawklaw. Within an hour, Newark is relighted with his wife and children. Common room of the Stoneback Tavern. Purple, Stoneback's, be Stoneback's beloved propertyer, busies himself preparing what food is at hand and serving what seems to be an endless stream of paleo and ale. Despite the battering he suffered from his encounter with the bears and his harrowing experience inside the forest lair, Newark's spirits remain high, and you're entirely certain that you'll make a swift and full recovery. After thanking you repeatedly, Newark and his family set off for home, in the company of a farmer who will take them on his wagon to the abode on the southern outskirts of the village. When they're gone, Pilipor takes a seat near you before the hearth, glances about the mostly empty room, and then thanks you to himself for the daring rescue of the hunter. If the account's to be believed, there was something peculiar about those bears, he says, yawning as he stretches his feet towards the fire. The first I've heard of anything like that, mind. 
first I've first I've heard of anything like that, mind. But I can't say I'm surprised. This is a strange time, and the world is becoming a strange place. I'm never sure what to make of it all. I've learned not to discount things I hear, no matter how odd they sound. The tavern keep retrieves two steaming mugs of paleo and thrusts one of the uncomfortably hot vessels into your waiting hand. As he retakes his seat, he suddenly laughs. Well, we've got... We've got the strange and dangerous things of this world closing in all around us. From every direction, it seems. But then, we have folks like you. Able and willing to push back, he says, his eyes twinkling in the firelight. But the wolf... But for all the power that presses on, on us, there's but a handful like you who, pretty poor, falls silent mid-sentence and again laughs. He leans back in his chair, glances about the womb and shakes his head. I suppose the hour's a bit late for pondering such things, he says, almost apologetically. Now, let's finish up these payloads and I'll fetch us what's left of the ale. And that finishes this adventure, deep in the forest. For 384 experience to general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. And I've just checked some things. Turns out that if you were to, if you weren't to find Newark so quickly, you could have found the body of the adventurer with some fairly decent loot drop. But you know what, that's not enough to go through all this again. So that will be this adventure done with. And save, and on to the next one. Hmm. The Cabin. While, this is a while exploring adventure. It could be normal, scaled, yeah, scaled. Here we go. And so begins the cabin. The site of an abandoned cabin, deep in the forest, several miles east of Hawklaw. On your way back to Hawklaw, after unsuccessfully searching the surrounding forest for an ancient stone idol, rudled, rumoured to exist somewhere in the tangled woodland, you happen upon a ramshackle cabin. Dilapidated structure, its door missing, and its roof partially collapsed, stands, only barely, at the edge of a dense thicket. As you make your way up to the timber dwelling, a glutter or snarl to your, to your left freezing you in mid-step. You instinctively spin in the direction of the unnerving spound, simultaneously to drawing yourself into defensive stance. Stepping out of the, stepping out from around the corner of the cabin, his broad, knotted fists applying their crushing grip to the to the heft of a weighty spiked club, is a snarling ogre. The fearsome Benemoth. His gruesome bulk draped in an assortment draped in an assortment of hides, growl somethings, and within seconds two cave goblins leap out of the nearby brush and rush to his side. The leather clad goblins, dwarfed in the presence of the ogre, draw short swords and take ten tentative steps in your direction. The ogre again grumbles, which he only assumes is a command, and the ogres immediately char and, and the goblins immediately charge you. The, the ogre's standing back for now. 
their swords put their swords poised to cut you down. I've got a lot of options here. I, I could run, but no, I'm not going to do that. That'll just leave these goblins and ogres around to cause who knows how much trouble. But my other options are archery, elementalism, illusion, fortification, telekinesis, conjuration. Or I could hold my ground and engage the goblins. Hmm. You don't really get that many chances to use conjuration, so I'll use that. It succeeded. 4x speed of conjuration. You call upon your power of conjuration and focus it on the ground in front of the charging goblins. In the blink of an eye, a pair of heavy logs suddenly appears directly in the goblins' path. Unable to curb their momentum, both creatures, uns both creatures tumble over your conjured obstacle, obstacle and land in an unceremonious heap. After staggering back to their feet, the goblins... Clearly bewildered by the inexplicable turn of events, turn and flee into their forest, much to the visible chagrin of their ogre master. Although I'm sure they'll find some other master soon enough. They they do look like the sort of follower sort of goblins. They gotta find some big tough but probably quite stupid, but not quite as stupid as them. B brute to follow. Just, just, that's just, that's just how they work, apparently. The ogre glares in the direction of the fleeing goblins before returning his contemptuous gaze to you. With startling speed, the fearsome beast rushes at you, grunting with every reverberating step. His spike clubbed waves in anticipation of dealing you a decisive blow. You draw yourself into a defensive stance and prepare to meet the ogre's charge. This is a club-wielding ogre. Let us begin combat. I could subdue or kill. Subdue or kill. Yeah. yeah I usually, if I have the option to subdue, I take it. So I will. The ogre swipes at you with his spiked club. Keep going, keep going. Savage blow for about five damage. Another savage blow. It's nearly done, and it is now well, not not slain, subdued. Subdued. Eight XP. Your final blow sends the ogre careening into the cabin wall, which apparently doesn't fall down on it. I guess it's not complete. I guess if I hit it a bit harder, it may well have. Soundly defeated and no doubt thankful to still be alive. The creature staggers off into the forest, clear, swiftly van vanishing into the thick foliage. No longer in any immediate peril, you turn your attention to the cabin. Dilapidated dwelling, door missing, this roof partially collapsed, appears to be empty. Peering through the doorway into the dark interior, your suspicions are confirmed. The only things visible within the ramshackle structure are a crude wooden table and several broken chairs. So, now I have an op two options. Do I just enter and search the cabin? Because you never know, there might be something nice in it. Or do I just set off on my way and leave that place? It just probably got all sorts of diseases and spiky things. 
in it. Now, enter and search the cabin, of course. You, you warily step through the doorway and enter the shadowy interior of the cabin, picking a number. Bonus of 57. 20 from Aura. 19 from Woodmanship. 18 from Feathery. So I've got to get 75 or more, or presumably I won't notice something I should notice. Pick now. 131. Success. You've only just stepped into the cabin, when you suddenly spot a massive spider. Its head and body a striking mix of green and black, lurking beneath the table in the centre of the room. You immediately recognise the dark, dog-sized arachnid to be a death barb spider, one of the more deadly species that roams the wilds of the North Broadlands. Judging by the creature's posture, you certainly could leap out and attack you at any moment. So I could attack or flee. But let's find out more about deaf barb spiders first. Deaf barb spiders. These giant, venomous, green and black arachnids, many of which grow to reach the size of a large dog are named for the long, barbed stinger that protrudes from the end of their tapered abdomens. The venom injected by the barbed stinger serves to incapacitate the spider's prey, and can ultimately paralyse creatures man-sized or smaller. And I'm a lot smaller! Thought, once thought to have gone extinct, sightings of deaf barbed spiders have occurred with greater frequency over the last few years, all across the North Broadlands. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I can attack it or I could run. Obviously, I'm going to attack it. With no desire to allow the giant spider to launch its ambush, you rush forward. And since I don't have any anything to, you know, distract it with, I'm just going to have to fight it. You rush forward and attack, hoping to fell the creature before it can utilise its long barb stinger. Fighting the deaf barb spider, beginning combat. This is scaled to plus 11. The deaf barb's... Deaf barb spider thrusts its deadly stinger at you. The deaf... Spider's barb stinger stabs into my flesh. No, not my flesh. But fortunately, my body score helps me to avoid being paralysed by the spider's venom. But I still took eleven. I still took nine damage. Okay, it get, it, it's getting a few blows in. It stung me again for fifteen damage. Once again, I avoided paralysis. It's nearly done, and it is slain. 8xp. The hideous spider topples onto its back, its massive body quivering as it slowly succumbs to death. After taking a few moments to make certain none of the more deadly spiders are lurking about, you begin a thorough search of the cabin. You move about the structure, searching through the debris that fills the dilapidated. You move about the cabin. Searching through the debris that fills the dilapidated structure, taking care to not to trip over the various pieces of broken furniture strewn across the floor. For several minutes, having found nothing of any particular interest, you prepare to make your way back outside. Despite the results of your search, you can't help but quell the roguish notion that something here is amiss. Alright, does divination help me? No. Obviously, rogue. Rogue like a thief, so I can use my thievery skill. You successfully used your thievery skill. Suddenly. 64 experience to thievery. Your keen eye spots something on the floor beneath the table. A close examination reveals a large hatch set into the worn floor, its surface and edges concealed by a thick layer of dust and grime. You cautiously open the hatch, revealing a wooden ladder descending into darkness. Climb down the ladder, of course. I mean, I could leave the cabin, but then I'll never know what's down there, and that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Well, not not my life, because I could play on another character. To haunt Sir Crokington for the rest of her life. Climb down the ladder. Taking care to test each rung before placing your full weight on it, you slowly descend the ladder, and after nearly 15 feet, arrive at an urban landing. You quickly draw out your reliable light, 
Within moments, its glow reveals a small, roughly square chamber carved out of the earth. I'm guessing a, a basement or something? Suddenly, your eyes are drawn to something resting against the far wall, partially obscured by shadows. Moving closer, you discover it to be the skeletal remains of a human. So I can just leave it be, or have a closer look at the skeletal remains. Well, obviously, I'm going to do that. Because, you know, that's what heroes do. They always look at skeletons and steal stuff from them. Examine the skeletal remains. A thorough scourge of the skeleton reveals that the back of its skull has been crushed. Likely the result of a single fearsome blow from a blunt weapon. Maybe that, maybe that ogre? You're about to conclude your examination when you suddenly spot something beneath the skeleton's white hand. You carefully move the fleshless appendage and are surprised to find a square iron amulet attached to a silver chain. On one side of the amulet, a crude engraving depicts a square eye, surrounded by a wing of flames. It's a square iron amulet. Let's have a look at it. It's magical, of course. It provides... It's for your neck, because, you know, that's where amulets go. It's got one encumbrance. It provides one stamina points and one luck. I guess that could help if you got this very early and you wanted a little bit of luck. You discovered this square iron amulet in a hidden room beneath an abandoned cabin in the forest east of Hawklaw. A crude engraving on one side of the amulet depicts a square eye surrounded by a wing of flame. This amulet is attached to a silver flame. On one side of the amulet, a square engraving depicts a square eye surrounded by a wing of flame. After taking possession of the curious piece, you look over the remains west of the chamber before climbing back, back up out back up the ladder and leaving the abandoned dwelling. After checking over your equipment, you take one last look around before setting off through the forest on a course that will take you back to Hawklaw. It is late afternoon when you at last reach Hawklaw. The familiar sights and sounds of the small settlement serve to bring you a measure of comfort as you make your way along its main thoroughfare. Rounding a slight bend as you approach the village centre, your eyes become fixed on the stone-backed tavern, and your every thought abruptly turns to claiming the chair closest to the warm glow of its fire. Yes, and it's even more important for Sir Crokington than usual, because cold-blooded so if Sir Crokington's got to get warm, wants to get warm, he has to go somewhere warm. He can't just wrap up. 100, she can't just wrap up, 128 experience to general, and that is the end of that adventure. Alright, we're not quite at 40 minutes, we've got time for one more. So, snowy dusk, or on the road to Hawklaw? Snowy dusk, road to Hawklaw. I'm going to save first. Alright, org. tell me what to do. Now, I'm not going to do Red Warren because I know that's a chunky one. Two. All right. We're doing On the Road to Hawklaw. 
The young man lifts, his, lifts the worn flap and reveals the contents of the leather satchel. A stoppered vial and a small wooden box. Something about the close proximity of all these curious objects serves to, serves to set your every nerve on edge. This is another adventure by the mysterious VWK. Normal or scaled? Let's do it scaled. Here we go. A breezy, warm afternoon during the waning days of summer on one of the more frequently travelled forest roads leading towards Hawklaw from the south. The young man, whose demeanour suggests he's only just noticed you, approaching from the opposite direction, stops, gently sets down a worn leather satchel and endeavours in vain to straighten his dusty, road-worn attire. Having completed what, what... what bears all the markings of a well-practised ritual. He picks up his satchel and slings it over his shoulder before hailing you with a wave. The countless lonely paths that wide wind their way through the wilds of North Broadlands are places in which travellers are best served by an overabundance of caution. It is with such wary mindset that you approach upon, approach upon the young man Furtively surveying the immediate area, before returning his friendly gesture with a few words of greeting. Well met, he says, tipping the brim of a grimy cloth cap, perched atop the tangled nest of sandy hair. Have you come from Hawklaw? Is it much further? When you tell him that Hawklaw is just a couple of miles along the road, his face brightens. I've been going a long while since my last proper stop, he says, looking back along the worn, well-worn lane. They've been in, I hope. I've got food, and such as that is, but I'll trade everything I'm carrying for, for a place to set myself down good and proper. Well, I wouldn't trade everything, but almost everything. The young man gently pats the satchel hanging from his side and tells you he's delivering its contents to his master. A maid by the name of Yorfalan, in Twithick. Uncertain why he's chosen to reveal so much to someone he just met, you content yourself to listen as he continues to speak. I've... I've to meet... Meet the stage in Hawklaw and take it to Twithick, he says. Still pant, patting... Patting the side of the satchel. I hope the wide aboard the coach isn't as jolting jolting as I might dare to imagine. What's in this bag can't stand all that many bumps and jolts. It's partly the reason I've been moving along on foot. Ever since I got off the latch coach somewhere south. A little village called Tunwark. You continue to wonder just how long the young man will continue to talk, and how much about his affairs he may ultimately reveal, when he suddenly bows and introduces himself as Pef Moon Trukan, a pre- apprentice to your your flan of seer. You, you will pip create the introduction, and he bows. Have you heard of your flan? No. He's a great mage, perhaps among the best our age has ever known. He says, beaming, unable to disguise the admiration he holds for his master. In fact, I'm carrying the two components for one of his latest experiments to him. That's what's in the bag. It's all very unpredictable. 
highly volatile. But all is well as long as the components don't mix with each other. As, as Profman continues to talk, babbling on, uh, babbling on at what quickly becomes a dizzying clip, you begin to quick, you begin to realise he's desperately waiting for you to inquire about the magical components to which he's more than once alluded. All right, all right, I'll ask. A satisfied smile spreads across Profman's face. The young man promptly repeats that he's carrying two components for one of his master's latest magical experiments. He tells you the first component is an extremely volatile potion, and the second is a box containing four shrunken armoured sca- scavengers. The potion contains a powerful essence of growth, he says, with unmistakable pride. It will, if the upcoming experiment goes well. Return the four beetles to their rightful size. I'm certain we won't. Won't be performing this shrunk, performing the experiment indoors. We'll only work on the shrunk beetles, nothing else. But care must still be taken. Your curiosity now sufficiently piqued. You ask Pekan if you can have a look at the components. Without hesitation, he nods and steps closer his hand already moving to the flap of this leather satchel. As you you watch as he struggles with a pair of thick straps that hold fast the satchel's flap. Satchel's flap. After repeatedly changing tactics, he manages to loosen the straps sufficiently, allowing him to open the bag. The young man lifts, lifts the worn flap and reveals the contents of the leather satchel. A stoppered vial filled to the top with a cloudy blue liquid and a small wooden box. You can hear something scuttling about inside this closed box. Something about the close proximity of these curious objects. Items which Proform indicated should not mix with one. Nor while another serves to set your every nerve on edge. Honestly, I probably put them in separate bags at least. You know, so you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't just suddenly end up with giant beetles. You know, if you fall over or something. It's that precise moment, as your eyes dart, dart, and dart back and forth between the vial and the box, that you notice the crack. As you make mention of the thin crap running down one side of the vial, Perfumone gasps. And all but plunges his head into the satchel for a closer look. He curses, quickly apologises for the outburst. Then looks up at you, his face suddenly ashen. If that bottle breaks, if any of the mixture leaks out, it'll... A sharp splittering sound suddenly reaches out. And the two of you instantly lock, lock your horrified gaze onto the vial. A second, more pronounced crack. Has just, has just appeared right next to the first. Hmm. Perhaps you shouldn't have used glass to hold something like this. I don't know, maybe metal? Leather? I don't know, there's, pl- there's plenty more things that... There are plenty of things that are more liable to survive. Five journey across possibly rugged terrain than glass which is quite renowned for being very brittle and 
and having a tendency to smash if it gets dropped. I mean, if you had a metal cantina, not such a big deal. If you had carved it out of wood, wood and then varnished it, not such a big deal. Some sort of leather, not a big deal. I'm sure there are other options, but I think leather, leather's probably the best, best one. You know, other than magical stuff. Definitely not glass. Don't use glass. I mean, I would say plastic, but plastic doesn't exist in this world. But maybe some of those beetles, shells from other beetles, they'll be, they'll be, they'll of course be waterproof. And, and you know, uh, because, you know I mean, that, you have to be waterproof when you're a beetle. Alright. Sharp splintering sound suddenly rings out, and the two of you instantly lock your horrified gaze, gazes onto the veil. A second, more pronounced crack has appeared right next to the first. Every indication is the veil will immediately shatter. Your every instinct tells you that either the bottle or the wooden box must be immediately secured. Okay, I have I have options. I could use conjuration, restoration, remove the wooden box, remove the cracked vial, or just step back and be prepared to deal with the big bugs. You know what? I'm going to go... Random.org, tell me what to do. It's going to take four. Move the cracked vial. Without a second thought, you shoot your hand onto the schedule and gently grasp the cracked vial. While drawing your, your hand back out of the bag, a sharp splintering sound rises into the air as a third crack runs down the side of the vial. Picking a number. Bonus of 30. 20 from agility, 10 from luck. Gotta get 75 or more to get it out in time. Pick now. 114 success. Before you can draw the cracked vial out of the satchel, a sharp splintering sound rises into the air as the vial suddenly shatters. The sharp, jagged fragments of the exploding bottle tear into your hand. 11 damage. Ouch! Realising it's now too late to prevent... to attempt to prevent the inevitable, you swiftly draw your bloodied hand from, from the bag and retreat to the edge of the road. The next instant, a shrill hiss erupts out of the open bag as the plumes of blue smokes billow into the air. Puthlon drops the satchel and staggers back, his hands whiffing wildly, waving wildly in a desperate attempt to clear away the thick, pungent smoke. As dark, ominous shapes begin to appear within a pool of blue vapour, you instinctively rush to the young man's side. Prithen streaks in horror, streaks in terror, and falls back as the first of the dark shapes emerges from the dissipating sound cloud of blue smoke. A massive armoured scavenger, easily the size of a bear, skirtles out of the churning blue vapour and charges at you. Guess it's not angry about being tiny. Ord, ordering the young man to stay behind you. You, 
You boldly hold your ground against the giant beetle. It's a massive armoured scavenger begin combat. The massive beetle thrusts its deadly horn at you. And I stab at it. And it savagely gored me and it is... It is slain. 41 XP. They're... They're not supposed to grow to that size! Screams Prefum. As the second of the four massive armoured scavengers rushes out of the smoke and attacks, its horn thrusting wildly into the air. They're only supposed to return to their normal size! It's a massive armoured scavenger. Begin combat. The massive beetle thrusts its deadly horn at you. And I thrust my even more deadly savage eagle. Savagely gored me for 15 damage. And it is slain. 41 XP. Shouting for Prefron to stay back. You move forward and meet the third of the giant armoured scavengers. Just as the last wisps of blue smoke scatter away on the breeze. It's a massive armoured scavenger. Begin combat. The massive beetle thrusts its deadly horn at you. Savagely gored me. Keep going, keep going, keep going, and it is slain. Another 41 XP. The last of the massive grey-shelled beetles charges you at attacks, its horn nearly running you through as you narrowly dodge the first of its deadly thrusts. It's a massive armoured scavenger. Savagely gored me for 18 damage, and then another some damage, then 8 damage, and then 12 damage. Okay, I'm going to heal myself. Heal myself a bit. Okay, thrusts its deadly horn at you, and it is slain. That's all four of them slain. Let's hope they didn't sneak a fifth beetle in there while you weren't looking. They're using all, all that. All that this powerful essence of growth starts to affect other bugs nearby. I mean... It, it made them too big, so who knows how else it might mess up. The oozing remains of the giant armed scavengers lie strewn across the world. Pufferon stares in disbelief at the grim result of your handiwork as he picks a careful pack, path through the carcasses of the slain beetles. Well, that's all there is to that, he says, managing a smile. You saved my life, Sir Crockington. But perhaps it would have been better if those things had got on me. What's left for me now? Can't show up empty-handed in Twithic. Your flan will be done with me. There are many others clamouring to become his apprentice. I'm finished. Unmistakably for more, the young man picks up, souls over to where the empty sandal sat. Empty satchel west on the road and picks it up. He turns. He turns the bag over several times before casting his side and sighing. I'm not going to be able to explain my way out of this one, he says. I could almost bring myself to try, but there's no point in it. I failed. I've completely failed. Ruin! Prithram. 
Griffin walks to the edge of the road and sits down with his back against the trunk of a le- with his back against the trunk of a leaning oak. He draws up his knees, wraps his arms up around them and buries his head. Even from where, he's, where you stand, you can hear his muffled curses. For you have little patience for his somewhat theoretical, dis- theatrical display of self-pity. You can't help but feel the slightest bit of sympathy for the young maid's, maid's apprentice, given the seemingly in dire circumstances in which he now finds himself most hopelessly stuck. Despite the fact of his own carelessness, which ultimately led to the unfortunate events that unfolded here, that and that and putting this this that and putting this substance you definitely do not want spilled in a container that is very liable to break. Yeah, I'd, I'd chose something else to put it in. I'm pretty sure he didn't choose to put it in a glass container. All he led to the unfortunate events unfolded here, which is the course of action you might be able to suggest to him. So, suggest he tell Yarm the truth, suggest he tell Yarm he was robbed, or leave him to figure it out. No, he got to tell the truth. Because, you know, at the very least, hey, the experiment worked. The beat, the... The Beatles were exposed to it. They grew back to their normal size. And then a little bit more. I, I, could, I could give an account of that. So I'll wipe that down for you. The Beatles were slightly... I can say exactly how big the Beatles were, more or less. In fact, I could measure them right now. That, that would help. Note, note their aggressiveness. Suggest that he do not use a glass container for any su- any other substance like, like this in the future. And perhaps use a more passive sort of... Use some sort of more passive animal for future experiments, just in case. Hmm. I'm sure, sure maybe, I don't know, an, an aphid? I'm pretty sure if those got, if those got big, it wouldn't be that big a deal. Sure, there are some other things we could you could use that would be re- not really that much of a threat if they suddenly got big again. Suggest that he tell you off on the truth. Suggest he tell you off on he was robbed. Or even to figure it out. No, tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. Suggestion seems to resonate with Pufferm. The young mage nods as you tell him that Yorfam is almost certain to count honesty among the traits he desires in a suitable of apprentice. After a brief discussion, tells Pratham, just after a brief discussion, Pratham tells you who indeed told his master the truth about what happened here, including that his own carelessness led to a mishap that brought about the loss of the magical components. A mishap that very nearly turned deadly. Well, not just his own carelessness, as I said, that 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 can de- that potion should have never been in a glass vial, ever, 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 ever. Or if, at least if it was in a glass vial, you know, uh, put in a put in another box with a lot of straw. Thank you for your counsel, he says. Appreciate everything more than I can say. 
with him steps forward, meets him with shoulder cross, and thanks you for saving his life. He tells you that despite the unfortunate events that unfolded here, and the daunting task that lies ahead, that he's grateful the incident did turn out worse. He also says he's still eager to reach Hawklaw and spend just a small while resting from the road. You again wish the young mage's apprentices well on his journey to Twithy. He thanks you repeatedly for wrecking the settlement. Then, without further delay, you bid each other farewell and set off in opposite directions. After covering less than a hundred yards, you turn and glance back along the road, just in time to catch a final glimpse of the lone traveller as he rounds a distant bend and is quickly lost to sight. And that is the end of On the Road to Hawklaw, and it gets you 256 experience to general. Now, I'm going to quit without saving. Let's see what some other options are. As you saw, there was quite a, there's quite a lot of different ways this one can go. I'm going to just do one more. If you want to see all the options, well, you're going to have to play it yourself. Or maybe... No, no, play it yourself. All right. I meet the traveller. He talks about the things. Talks about the mage. Okay, let's ask him about the components he's carrying. Leather satchel. There's the crack. Okay, let's use restoration. Call upon your power of restoration. It succeeded. 8x speed to hit restoration. You hopefully channel your power of restoration and focus it on the cracked pile. On the cracked vial resting at the bottom of the satchel. At first, nothing appears to happen. Then, slowly, the cracks in the vial begin to fade until, after just a few moments, no trace of them remains. Prefram, having witnessed your remarkable display of magical prowess, gasps and shakes his head in utter astonishment. You might just rival Master Yorflant, says Prefram, apparently still astonished by the magical mastery you've just dismayed. That was beyond almost anything I've seen in a long time. You truly are a master. Well done. When you tell Prathen it might prove wise to acquire another bag in Hawklaw, in which to either ca- to carry either the potion or the box of shrunken armoured scavengers, the young man is quick to agree. Thank you, Sir Crocodin. Crocodin, you can't possibly know the dilemma you spared me. Thank you. In fact, I very much know the dilemma I've spared you. And there are 32 experience to restoration. With the magical components once again secured in the leather scatchel, Pritham, who you hope is in possession of renewed respect for that which he's been placed, placed in his charge, tells you he should be on his way. He indicates that he's eager to reach Hawklaw and west from the world. You again... You again wish the young mage's apprentice well on his journey to Trithy. He thanks you repeatedly before echoing the sentiment. Then, without further delay, you continue south while Prithron moves off, heading north. After covering less than a hundred yards, you turn and, and glance back along the road, just in time to cl- catch a final glimpse of the lone traveller as he rounds a distant bend and is quickly lost to sight. And that is another way to end it, a a better way. 
well, I don't, I'm not sure with. Well, probably going to turn out okay. Well, we can only assume. And 256 experience to general for finishing it, just like the first time. Okay. That, that's enough of that. So I guess next time. Hmm. You know what? Let's do Red Warren next. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.